please be seated. Welcome. It's awesome to have you here today. Today's day two. If today's your first day of being here, uh, we had two great sessions last night, and uh, we're just ready to kick it off today. As we were singing that song, I just want to sort of just share what I felt like the Lord was impressing on me. You know, in the Bible, names are powerful. Names have great significance and great meaning. And here we are singing what a beautiful name it is. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, our King. And it is. His name is amazing. And he's allowed us to use his name as the source of authority, right? But not only has he allowed us to use his name, he's given us his name. We are Christians. That means Christ, we are Christ carriers. You know, he... Even in the midst of our mess, he saw fit to say, I, I want you to be a carrier of my name, with my authority and my love. You, you, because Christ, Christ is in us, right? Uh, I, just, I was just touched by that thought as we were singing that song, powerful, that he's entrusted us with his name. And uh, we're just going to get into our third session in, in a moment here, but I wanted to have uh, Jane Barnes come and share a testimony. We were in a prayer meeting the other night, I think it was Wednesday night, and we were talking about how uh, in a previous type of setting like this one, where people were coming in to facilitate inner healing and, and help us get free from stuff, uh, God did, I, I had shared that God did some great things in my life, and then I heard a story from her that I had never heard until, I mean, it, it, this, this meeting happened like 15 years ago or more, right? 18 years ago, and uh, she shared a story about something God did in the, on that one Saturday that I thought would be encouraging to each and every one of us here. Good morning. Um, about 18 years ago, 20, I believe it was 2018, actually, or no, 2000, we started Team Angels, um, and they offered a, they tended to have bondage break weekend. And Pastor Ball actually did it. And it was breaking the strongholds in our lives. And I knew that for a long time, when I was a child, I always had panic attacks. And I also had deep depression. And sometimes this depression was so bad, I would just, my children were like four and seven. And I would just lay on the couch and I just couldn't get up. My depression was terrible. So during this weekend, Chris Ball said, I know we all carry things we really shouldn't carry. We, we weren't meant to carry all this junk. It just brings us down. So I thought right away, I need to get rid of my depression. So Chris Ball, I'm trying to explain this as well as I could. Um, Chris Ball said, we have like a contract with the devil, not that we signed anything. But because we're living on this earth, and this is the devil's, you know, playground, I guess you can say, we take on some of the world's junk, and that's what I had. And he said, we do have a contract. It's like the devil thinks he's got control of this, but we need to break that contract. And how we break it is through Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we, what he told us is break it in your own words. Talk to the devil, break it, and don't receive it. So I talked to the de uh, 
the devil, and I said, no, I'm not, I can't take this anymore. I don't want it anymore. It is bringing me down. My whole life has been affected by this, and I'm getting rid of it, and I'm not taking the pill. And I did. And I walked out of this church a free man. It went away. It tried to come back. It tried to come back, but I said, no, I am not taking it back. I don't want it. I don't want to go through this anymore. And every time it comes back, I do have scripture. I wrote a list of scripture that helps me. Like, do not let your heart be troubled. Peace I give you. A lot of the Psalms have a lot of peace, you know, scripture in it. So that's what I use. And I had, I had a panic attack and now I have depression at 18 years old. That's powerful. Come on up. She's got another testimony. This one's kind of funny. I, I borrowed this from Harvey. Okay. Even Moses was a basket case. He was in denial. Okay. So we all need help. There we go. Let's talk about like floating down the, the Nile River. Usually I'm the, I, it takes me a while to get that stuff, so. I'm slower than most, I say, you know. But, hey, you may be here today dealing with anxiety, depression. If God was able to do something in her life, he's able to do something in your life. Amen? All right. Matt, are you our speaker this morning? Come on up. Let's welcome Matt to the stage. Good morning, everyone. Bless you for coming out in this amazing weather. It's not too amazing yet. It's just it's just spritzing a little bit out there, isn't it? Really want to pray that it doesn't uh, start falling in big flakes. Uh, but just to assure you, we're keeping an eye on the weather. We're gonna if it starts really coming down, uh, we'll wrap it up. You know, we don't want to cause anybody danger. And if you have to leave, we understand. Don't feel. Uh, pressure to stay, but if the Lord tells you to stay and trust him, then stay, okay? Don't be scared off by the weather, as the pastor said. I don't know how many of you were here uh, last night and how many of you have just come in this morning, but can I, by a show of hands, see who, who came in this morning? This is your first time uh, being in. Okay, so last night, just to kind of catch up on what's going on, uh, we talked about uh, how the enemy uh, gets authority in our lives, and this is a very important principle because when we're trying to break out of things like our sister was just talking about the depression that she's dealing with, there is uh, an, there was a root cause for that depression. Now, in, in her instance, when she just said, I don't want it anymore and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to take it back, do you notice the enemy comes back, tries to get her to take it back? And sometimes uh, we, we do get overwhelmed by those things again, though we had victory on them at one time. And one of the reasons that is is because there will be a root cause for the problem that hasn't actually been dealt with. So last night we talked about a lot of times we're coming for prayer for things. Uh, whether I, I, Let me just give you some, some ideas here uh, of things that we might come for prayer about. We might come to for prayer uh, for, for a physical problem. Okay? So... How many, I, I'm not going to ask you to tell me by show of hands, that's your business, but how many of you have had migraines and consistent migraines? There's 
those people that suffer with regular migraines. And so they come and they say, Pastor, would you pray for my migraines that they would go away? And I might pray as a pastor, leader, uh, as a minister in the healing ministry, and they might go away, but uh, but six weeks later they start, they come back. So what's going on? We've prayed for the symptom, but we haven't prayed for the cause. And it's not like God's trying to hide the ball, but when the enemy has authority in our lives, and it might not be authority that we personally gave him. It could be generational. We're going to talk about generational iniquity where our families, our ancestors have opened the door. And now there's pressure for us to go a certain direction. Uh, you know, a lot of times if we look at the, like, just like, for instance, depression, it runs in the family, doesn't it? When you go to the doctor, they take an inventory of your family history, don't they? And there's a reason for that because we know that diseases run in family lines. But there's an aspect, as we talked about last night, where we're body, soul, and spirit. And a lot of times we're dealing with the body and medicating the body, but we're not dealing with the soul or definitely not dealing with the spirit in the secular world. And so the healing actually needs to come from the spirit outward. And we're, we're doctoring the body, but we're not getting down to the soul and the spirit. And so this is really what we're talking about keys Kingdom keys to healing. And some of you have heard some of these things before. But here's the thing that the Lord kept saying into my spirit while we were worshiping is hear, O Israel, hear, O Israel. Now, listen, you may may have Jewish background, may not. You may be uh, 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 a, a Christian, have no idea about anything in your background that's Jewish. But here's the thing. We have an inheritance in Israel, because we are grafted in, that's what Romans says, we are grafted into the covenant that God made with Israel. And as such, we can benefit from what God says to Israel and the promises that he made to Israel if we're walking in covenant with him. The problem is, folks, that as Christians, many times we are covenant breakers. He's married us. We've taken him in as our Lord and Savior, but then we break covenant with him and we go back and do sinful and ungodly things in our own life that open the door now for the enemy. And as we talked about last night, as Kent so well illustrated with our body, soul, and spirit illustration, the enemy is here. He has power and he's looking for authority in our lives to exercise that power that he has so that he can oppress us, so that he can steal, kill, and destroy our lives and our destiny. And so when we're teaching about healing, we're not just talking about getting rid of the fruit that's manifesting in your life, the symptoms, the headaches, the disease, the emotional problems, the depression. We're not just talking about getting rid of that because all of us want to be rid of those things, don't we? And they, they, they cause us not to be able to do things, actually physically do things in the kingdom or to serve in certain capacities. But the more important healing is going down to the roots of where did that disorder come from? What is it down in the root system of our life that uh, has gotten in that is an open door for the enemy to have rights in our life to oppress, to cause physical problems and so forth? Peter's written the book, Healing Through Deliverance. We're going to talk about the deliverance aspect of things this afternoon. But here's the, here's the deal. Deliverance is not <coughs> terribly helpful if we don't 
deal with the door that allowed the demonic to get in in the first place. Because if we deal with the demonic, cast it out, it might move under the authority of, of the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. In the presence of the Spirit, the demons want to get away. And when we take authority over them, tell them to leave, we may wrestle those things out of someone in prayer. But if they do not close the door that was opened in the first instance for the demonic to come in, then it will return. And the scripture actually says, Jesus said, that when an evil spirit leaves someone, it wanders about looking for a place to find as a home. And if it doesn't find a home, this is the character of the demonic. It's looking for human to inhabit humans. It will go back to the place that it left, and it will go back in and take seven more worse than itself. So we're not doing people a favor to do deliverance ministry on them when we are not doing discipleship. That's why we don't like to be known, LL doesn't like to be known as a deliverance ministry. We want to be known as a healing and discipleship ministry, and deliverance is one part of healing. But discipleship is what keeps us from being re-oppressed and going back into the same junk that we w had us in bondage in the first place. So this is my passion because, as I shared last night, my folks were missionaries. They were sent to the field rather naively with all of their wounds, all of those open places in their armor. And you understand that a father and a mother cover the home. So we as parents, when we have holes in our armor, guess who gets affected by it? Well, we do, right? But also who else gets affected by it? Our children. We're the covering. And as spiritual leaders, as pastors, this is why I'm passionate about pastors and leaders coming to LL, because they're the covering for the church. And when they have holes, when there are holes in the covering, listen, people get wounded when there are holes in the covering, whether it's in the family covering, whether it's in the church covering, because we know the church is a family. And so what we talked about last night, and one of the first keys we talked about after talking about the whole authority thing, was the key of forgiveness. Because when we get wounded, and we will get wounded, if you live in a, fall, you live in a fallen world, it's not if, we do, we live in a fallen world where the, the enemy is going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, and he's doing things in our life to kill, steal, and destroy, we are going to be wounded. And I was horribly wounded at 12 years old when I was a kid in Indonesia. I was spiritually abused. Uh, you understand that term, spiritual abuse? This is when pastoral or godly covering hurts you and does ungodly things. I'm not talking about godly correction. That's a responsibility of leaders. I'm talking about when there's distortion ungodly control and abuse of the people under which a leader is is charged in taking care of them. And when we are getting ready today, I don't believe this is the case with this church and this pastor. Please don't hear me to say that. But many of you, I believe, are here today because you've experienced some form of spiritual abuse in your life. And maybe you come to this church as a refuge from what you experienced somewhere else. At least that's the strong word we were getting this morning. That there are some of you that one of the biggest forgivenesses you're going to do today is to forgive those spiritual leaders that left you exposed to the attack of the enemy.
and maybe even perpetrated the things upon you that the enemy sought to use to destroy you. And Jesus wants to heal you today. He wants to heal you from that. But here's the thing. When I say hear, O Israel, I said that a minute ago. Hear in the Hebrew has the implication of not just hearing with your ears. Oh, I hear what you're saying, sir. But it's hearing and doing. In fact, in the Hebrew conception of things, hearing and not doing, they, they were they were incompatible when it came to in a relationship with God. And yet day by day, many of us Christians hear, and yet we don't obey. And we hear the Lord saying, you need to take this step, or you need to surrender this area, as we talked about surrendering every area of our life. Or we hear the Lord say, you really need to forgive from the very bottom of your heart, this person that's hurt you. But we say, well, that's good. I, I wish so-and-so was here to hear that. <laughs> we don't apply it to ourselves. You know what I mean? It's really easy to think about our family members that need it. And I do that all the time. But today I'm asking you to think about your own situation. Because we live in a fallen world. And I don't care if you've forgiven a lot of people. Maybe you've forgiven some big things. You get wounded along the way. And a lot of times what we do with that stuff is we just stick it in a little bag. And we kind of forget about it. And remember we said forgetting is not forgiving. <laughs> It's still there if we haven't actually spoken out the forgiveness. So I'm wrapping up the session last night we started in forgiveness, and we're going to do some prayers in a moment. But I wanted to call out the issue of spiritual abuse particularly because I felt that um, – let me run down here and get my paper because the Lord gave me a few things while we were singing. I just want to make sure that I cover them. Um, let me first talk then about the four principles of forgiveness that we didn't cover last night. Now, I jumped into what forgiveness is and what it is not last night in relationship to other people. So what we were focusing on last night was forgiving others. But what I want to share with you this morning is four principles of forgiveness. One of the principles is forgiving others. But there are three other principles of forgiveness that we also have to deal with. So I believe there's a, a slide. If we could get it up, it looks like a cross, and it has the four principles of forgiveness on it. Do we have that back there in a uh, presentation? Okay. So um, while we're waiting for that to come up, let me just say what the first principle is, and it's very important, is we have to ask forgiveness for our own sins, for our own ungodly behavior. Now, when somebody's wounded us terribly, we will respond to the wounding many times in an ungodly way for which we actually need to seek the forgiveness of God. Whether it be towards the person that caused the, the hurt or pain to us in the first instance, or maybe it's the way we lashed out at others because of the wounding in ourselves. And so we never need to we can never neglect when we're dealing with forgiveness, asking forgiveness of God for our own involvement in the act in the conflict that may be existing between us and another person or for the way we behaved in response to the things that were done to us. So when we get down the road in about 10 minutes, I'm going to have us pray a prayer to ask the Lord to forgive us for our sins 
and particularly in relationship to how we perhaps have responded to the wounding that we've experienced. But there may be areas of sin in your life that you've been harboring that you really need to bring to the Lord as part of that giving Jesus lordship of every area of your life. The second part of the uh, second principle of forgiveness is, of course, forgiving others, which I expanded on. And this is the context that we usually think of forgiveness. I've got to forgive uh, George, uh, my fellow LL teammate, because he uh, he he talked about my um, uh, my clothes in a negative way or something. He, he stole my recipe that I was excited about and then used it as a potluck, you know, at the church. Uh, he he said uh, he s- he said something about um, you know uh, my poor preaching style and I came back and it got back to me. The, these are things that we say idle words, don't we, about each other, and it can really wound each other. Now George has never done that to me. Please hear me to say that, that I <laughs> I'm not calling him out in the middle of a service. That would kind of be spiritually abusive. If I got an issue with him, I should go and talk to him directly, not preach it from the pulpit beat him up about it. But the point of the matter, what I'm making a point of is we all have things, small things, but then there are many times there are very big things. And when I'm talking about these small things, I am by no means minimizing the deep, deep pain that is involved with a deep wound. One of the keys that we're going to talk about as we wrap up forgiveness today and we segue into the part that's going to be taught Uh, by Alicia here in a moment about hurt, uh, freedom from hurt, pain, and rejection is that we can say, we can speak forgiveness, but if we are not in touch with what we're forgiving the person for in the pain that it caused us, there is a lack of reality in the release of the forgiveness. And part of our healing process is the Lord taking us down the layers into the actual pain that maybe we stuffed way down and we don't want to ever feel that again. But the problem is with stuffing all that stuff is it's under a trap door and it's banging it on the door to get out the rest of your life. And it manifests in your behaviors, in fits of rage, in issues of, of, of pain or physical problems, of diseases, of fibromyalgia, of of uh, um, ar- uh, rheumatoid arthritis. My, uh, uh, the operations manager at LLUSA in Florida, a uh, gentleman named Michael Pathringer, this is his testimony, I'm not sharing anything out of school, uh, he was in a wheelchair with rheumatoid arthritis, was never expected to walk again on high doses of various kinds of drugs just to keep it under control, not to actually make it better. But as he dealt with some of these layers of unforgiveness and the pain that was related to them, he was freed of the disease and he is walking around today. In fact, he does all the physical stuff around our property, managing it out of the wheelchair. And part of that was dealing not just with the forgiveness, but in the reality of the pain that it caused, forgiving. The third principle of forgiveness that is often neglected when we're talking about forgiveness is forgiveness of ourselves. Now, I have had people actually argue with me that we don't need to forgive ourselves because Jesus has forgiven us. And I say, amen. We're not forgiving our own sins. Believe me, we have no covering for our own sin. But many times, we don't take hold of the promise that Jesus said if we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, what does confess mean? Let's let's ask the question because many people are confused on confession. It's not telling Jesus what we did. God's omniscient. He knows what we did. Confession is agreeing with God about our sin. That it is sin, that it is defiling, that it is against covenant, that it does bring uh, it, it was part of the blows and the pain that was put on Jesus at the cross and for which he bled. It's serious business when we commit sin. And when we agree with God about our sin, we're not going to be readily running back to it. But many people think confession is actually saying, God, I did this and uh, please forgive me. And then I'm going on as if nothing happened. No, it's actually saying, God, this is serious business. I have violated your covenant for which I deserve on the basis of this sin only to go to hell. But I'm taking your blood and I'm applying it by faith to my sin. Now, if we've done that in our heart and truly repented of our sin, confessed it, agreed with God about it, then there is a covering under the blood of Jesus. But many people confess the same sin over and over. Lord, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. They're not taking hold of the promise that Jesus said. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all. Listen, that's all unrighteousness. I've dealt with people that have had sex with animals. I've had I've dealt with people that have had sex with the same uh, sex partner. Women in churches that are elderly, nobody ever knew that they had sex with another woman in the church, and they've been in church for 50 years. Shame, things they're terribly ashamed of. But the scripture says that Jesus' blood covers all sin. So we need to get hold of the fact that when we confess the sin, he is faithful. God is never unfaithful. He is faithful and he is just to forgive us the sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But many times we hold ourselves in condemnation and the enemy's happy to pile on to that. You could never do this because you did that. You will never be this in the kingdom because you allowed that thing in your life. Or this was done to you. That's not of God. Condemnation is never of God. Conviction with godly sorrow that leads to repentance is from God. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. But condemnation is never from God. There is therefore no now, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus because the blood of Jesus covers it all, and Jesus took all the condemnation at the cross. But we need to take hold of this, and maybe today you need to forgive yourself. I've ministered to so many women that have had abortions, and they've never forgiven themselves for that the life that they took in that act. Yes, they need to ask God's forgiveness. It's murder. It's taking a human life. And blood was shed, and sh blood needed to be shed, but the blood of Jesus was shed to cover that sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin, but Jesus shed his blood so that that would be covered. But the application of the blood, many times we don't release ourselves now from the sin and we're condemning ourselves. And in a sense, we're saying, Lord, we're better than you. We've got a better judgment about our character than you have. We're not going to release ourselves from the condemnation. But God's already released you. Could you today forgive yourself? That is, receive, truly receive the forgiveness of God for what you did. This is a huge one, huge, huge for many people 
blocking their healing because they hold themselves in condemnation. And finally, forgiveness of God. And you notice that it's in quotation marks because God doesn't need to be forgiven. Why? Because he does nothing ever wrong. He doesn't tempt us. The scripture says when we are tempted, do not say it's of God because God cannot be tempted, nor does he tempt anyone. God does not cause us to sin. He is not at fault in the situation where other people are are sinned against us. He's not the one that did it to us. And many times, however, we are blaming God for what happened. Can I can I understand why a little little girl or a little boy that uh, is is sexually molested and God doesn't send his angels to intervene when I hear somebody else was in a car wreck and somehow an angel intervened and they were saved their life was saved I cannot explain that friends it's an inexplicable thing way way above our pay grade but what we need to get hold of is that God is perfectly just and righteous and if we've been blaming him in our heart what we've been doing is separating ourselves from the healer Because if we're blaming him, we need his touch. Do you understand? So if we're blaming him, we need the the remedy for it is, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for blaming you for what happened to me. I know you're a perfect and righteous judge. You do nothing wrong. That I live in a fallen world, Lord, and that other people do ungodly things, and I got subjected to it. And I know it wounded your heart, and I have felt the heart of God when I'm praying for people that have been deeply wounded, taken advantage of by other people, and his heart weeps for that, but he's given mankind free will. And that's how we were able to give away authority in the first place. I don't understand the free will of man and the sovereignty of God. If you do, you should write a book. Because I have not heard an adequate explanation from anybody. And there's been some great, much greater brains than my own. And probably anyone in this room that's gone around with them. What we need to do is come back to what does the scripture say about God? And God is perfect and righteous in his judgments. And every decision that he makes. So we need to leave that to him. And if we have been blaming him. We need to bring that to the Lord and ask him to forgive. So those are the four principles of forgiveness. So right now, did how many of you took seriously my request to go home and think about anybody you needed to forgive? Can I see by a show of hands that you actually took some time to pray about it? Now, I'm going to then, because there's a number of you that, that didn't um, or maybe weren't here or whatever, didn't have time. Maybe you think you didn't have anybody to forgive. Let's just take a moment and ask the Lord to bring to our mind anybody we might need to forgive. So, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come by your Holy Spirit. We've talked about this key of forgiveness, and Lord, we're we're really kind of dead in the water for healing until we're willing to release this person to you or these people. Maybe uh, Maybe we need to release ourselves. Maybe we've been blaming you, Lord. If there's any way that we've been holding unforgiveness, we ask you to show us that. Judgments that have been made. Maybe it's actually bitter root judgments that have expanded to an entire class of people. We've been spiritually abused and hurt by pastors or leaders in the past, and now we mistrust and we 
we are holding in unforgiveness every leader or every pastor. I just pray you bring to mind anybody that anyone still, if they still have pain about it, Lord, there's still a level of forgiveness that needs to be done. So we ask you to touch into the hearts of the people right now. Bring to their mind anyone they need to forgive. Lord, if they've sinned in response to the wounding, would you bring that sin that they need to confess to their mind right now? going to go and we're going to do four different prayers. I'd like um, for the first one to be placed up on the screen. This is a prayer of repentance. And this is about our personal sin. And uh, I think it's right after this slide. Do you have that ready for us? This one really is about what we've done. Yes, prayer of repentance. Okay. So what I would like us to do, if you're willing, would you be willing to stand up um, and just declare this? If you are willing to pray this with us, I'm going to read it to you first, then I want you to pray it with me. So. I don't want anybody just praying it rote. I want you to understand what you're saying. Uh, so let me read it to you first, then you can join me. It says, Father, I ask you to forgive me for the times I have failed to resist temptation and sinned in the following ways. Maybe that's temptation. Maybe it's response to wounding. Maybe it's somebody you've hurt in response to how you've been hurt, but wasn't even related to your initial failure. I recognize my own part in choosing to sin in this way and ask you to set me free from the chains that have bound me to this sin. I now turn from all the sins of my past and ask you, Father, to please give me the discernment to recognize temptation when it comes and the strength to resist it. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood was shed so that the power of sin over my life might be broken and that I might be made clean. So let's pray this together. And this is really, please focus it to the Lord. You're talking to the Father even though you're reading this prayer. Father, I ask you to forgive me for the times I have failed to resist temptation and sinned in the following way. And just under your breath now, if the Lord's brought any specific sins, maybe it's anger, rage, maybe it's bitterness, resentment, maybe it's sexual sin, maybe it's addiction. I just ask, Lord, for your forgiveness, for they are torments. I recognize my own part in choosing to sin in this way and ask you to set me free from the chains that have bound me to this sin. I now turn from all the sins of my past and ask you, Father, to please give me the discernment to recognize temptation when it comes and the strength to resist it. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood was shed 
so that the power of sin over my life might be broken and that I might be made clean. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the next prayer is a prayer to forgive others. So if we can bring that up. And this just says, I'll read it to you before we all say it together. Thank you, Jesus, for dying that I might be forgiven. By an act of my will, I now choose to forgive those who have hurt me. And then I want you to speak out the name. You don't have to speak it so somebody else has it here. But speak their name and what you're forgiving them for. I release each and every one of these people into the freedom of my forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're willing to pray that with me, the list will be relevant now. I'll pause when we get to the name so you have a moment to speak that out to the Lord in your heart. Thank you, Jesus, for dying that I might be forgiven. By an act of my will, I now choose to forgive those who have hurt me. And here's where you speak out the name. Forgiving them for. I release each and every one of these people into the freedom of my forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. I think here it would be appropriate. We're going to pray forgive forgive ourselves, but I, I want to just take a moment and do this particular kind of prayer. For those of you that have been spiritually abused by your pastor, your leader, your spiritual leader, your fathers particularly, your I want to put it into a group of your godly covering. God gave us covering, and when our godly leaders and our fathers do not cover us, it creates chaos in our lives. It wounds us. The enemy can take advantage of us. And worse yet, when they actually perpetrate the abuse, it very much breaks the covering. So I'm going to stand in the gap today as a leader. I've been a pastor. I've been a father. I'm a leader of a healing ministry. And I may never have had any encounter with you, but I want to stand in the gap of those that have spiritually abused you and in the name of Jesus ask you to forgive. I'm asking you to forgive. I'm sorry that you were wounded. And Jesus' heart is broken. But he wants you to walk on with him. He wants you to be free. Walk on with him. He wants you to leave that hurt at the altar today. And pour your heart out to Jesus. Ever, ever happen. Your leader, your your father, your your spiritual father would be your protector. He would be your covering. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. 
it wasn't God's plan. God's plan was for blessing and covenant for the spiritual leaders of Babylon. Lord, I just want to come now, and I'm going to just ask you, Lord, that would you break and sever every ungodly tie right now between anybody that's been forgiven of these people that have, from their heart, released these things to you. I ask you to break and sever every tie between them, every ungodly tie. Lord, we thank you for the blessings that those people put in our lives, but Lord, we want every tie between us and them now broken in the spirit realm. We ask you to bring back to them every part of themselves that has been connected to that other person in this ungodly way. Bring it back and bind up their broken heart now, Yeshua. Jesus, come now and move in the heart to bind up their broken heart. Lord, remove from them every part of that person that's been connected to him in this ungodly way. Take it back to them. And I just want those of you that the Lord's touching, if you, could you hold up your hand? You don't have to hold them to me, but just in front of you. And release those people to the Lord. You're releasing them in that connection. And like the testimony this morning, I don't want to carry that anymore. I'm submitting myself to you, Lord, and your teaching on forgiveness. I'm submitting to it. And I'm now resisting the devil. And in Jesus' name, we command every wicked and evil spirit that has been in the lives of these people, that has oppressed them, that has oppressed their, their life, in Jesus' name, you will get off of them now because of any authority that you had in their life because of this unforgiveness. We command you to leave them. We break off every curse that's been on them because of that unforgiveness. We say in Jesus' name, you leave these people and you will not return to them. That door is closed. You have no rights. Use your strength. Now, Lord, I pray for your healing to come in by your Holy Spirit. Your healing to come into those places and begin to heal and bind up and restore. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's do the prayer to forgive ourselves. It says, thank you, Father, for forgiving me. I now choose to forgive myself for the things I know you have already forgiven me for. I specifically forgive myself for, and I want you to quietly speak out the specific things which you struggle to forgive yourself for. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's say this together. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me. I now choose to forgive myself for the things I know you have already forgiven me for. I specifically forgive myself for, and now I just want you to speak what that, what that sin, maybe a violation of another person, maybe a rejection of another person, maybe maltreatment. Maybe particularly abortion is coming to my mind. Would you forgive yourself? Receive the forgiveness of Jesus. Jesus has covered it all. And if that is your situation, whoever you had that connection with, and if it was a child, I would like you to just say, Jesus, I release that little baby to you now. I release that little baby to you. You may even have a name for that child. Release that little child to the, to the Lord. You can even say the little child's name under your breath. 
maybe you've never gotten rid of that in the condemnation. And we just say the condemnation now in Jesus' name, you get off of these people. Get off of them in Jesus' name. You will not bring this up again. The accuser of the brethren, we break off your power over these people in Jesus' name. Maybe it was involvement. Maybe it wasn't even you that went underwent the abortion, but you had some involvement with it. You took them to the doctor. You encouraged it. Uh, you thought it was the only way. I don't know. There's, there can be a lot of involvement with that. Have you asked the Lord for forgiveness? If you have, would you receive it? Release yourself. Finally, a prayer of repent, uh, repentance. Oh, did we pray the other prayer? Yes, we did. No, we didn't. Let's pray that together. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me. I now choose to forgive myself for the things that I know you have already forgiven me for. I specifically forgive myself for. I think you've probably already done it in your heart. Okay? So, Lord, we leave these things at the cross. The self-blame, the self-criticism. We leave it at the cross, Lord. It's you. You took on our shame. You bore our sorrow. You were made a curse so that we do not have to walk under the curse anymore. We break every curse off of every person that has had that curse upon them. Maybe it's even a curse of death. We speak to the spirit of death. In Jesus' name, you get off of them. Spirit of suicide. In Jesus' name, you get off of them. pray for repentance for blaming God. He says, please forgive me, Lord, for blaming you for what has happened to me. I know that you can do no wrong and that you hate what Satan has done in my life. Thank you for loving me and promising to set me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's say this together. Please forgive me, Lord, for blaming you for what has happened to me. I know that you can do no wrong and that you hate what Satan has done in my life. Thank you for loving me and promising to set me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Lord, we thank you for each thing that people have dealt with here. We pray, Lord, you'd seal in the work that you've done. The enemy could not come back and rob them of what you've done. We pray for the infilling of your spirit now in those places that they've given to you. We pray release in Jesus' name of every gift that's been bound down because of those things that you can function in the destiny that God has for you. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood was more than just a principle that we read about in theology, but it is active and powerful and applied in our life in real time throughout the centuries and even here now in this moment. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, uh, stand for just a moment. Alicia's going to come and start the next teaching, but she's going to talk about hurt, pain, and rejection. And many times forgiveness is directly linked to hurt, pain, and rejection. So we stood for a while. You've got your stretch. She's not going to preach for 45 minutes. I think she's probably going to do 30 minutes, and then we'll take a break, okay? Uh, I didn't use the full hour in this, so we're going to roll into that to try to compact things. But while she's coming, why do you guys know, oh, the blood of Jesus, that old hymn? Does anybody know that anymore? <laughs> Good. 
Why don't you sing that while Alicia comes and gets set up? Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Sing it one more time. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Yes, it washes white as snow. Amen? Give the Lord a hand right over here. Praise you, Lord. Am I going to